Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Um, we are, we're finishing today on our Holy Habits uh, series. This is week uh, six of our topics and we've saved um, our fun ones till last. We really have. Um, so the, the Holy Habits topics for today uh, is fasting and feasting. So like I said, this, the, the, the fun ones, the, the ones we all love till last. And uh, we're going to start off with fasting uh, today. Um, yes, some people in the room love fasting. Others, like you said, the word, and I do not like that word. Um, just a, a, when our church called for a fast um, a little while back, um, our family got around the dining room table and we were talking about what we were fasting. And my daughter has allowed me to say it was her because she said, you'll just stuff it up anyway, mum. So just say, just say it's me. <laughs> and, um, and so ch- we we're all going around the table and we we're just saying, Char- you know, what are, we, what are we fasting, people? And Charlie was like, all right, well, I'll fast bread. Um, you know, I'll fast bread. I'm like, okay, cool. And we all went around. And then the next morning I walk into the kitchen and Charlie's in the kitchen uh, eating a bread roll. And, um, I, <laughs> and I come in and I say to her, oh, Charlie, like... That's bread. Like, you know, just didn't want to really convict her. I was like, um, I'm like, oh, Charlie, you're eating bread. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yep. And I was like, oh, last night you said that you were going to fast bread. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yep. And I'm like, okay, um, but that's bread. And she said, yeah, I know. I'm deciding to fast the square and the flat pieces. Um, <laughs> This, this, this one is round and high. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I laughed all day. I'm like, that's really good. I'm going to do that next time I say to fast bread. So I just thought that was really cool. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm sure we've had lots of different experiences uh, with fasting. Um, you know, some of you are sitting there and going, fasting should not even be in this holy habit series. Like, um, a holy habit and fasting should not be in the same sentence. Um, you might actually hate the word. You may have tried in the past and you failed miserably at it. And you just thought, that's, that's not for me. This discipline isn't for me. That can be for that crowd over there. Um, you may have fasted in group settings so you may have fasted when the church leadership has sensed God's calling us into the fast as a church and you've, you've said, okay, I'm coming on board with you, I'm catching the train, um, and you might have done it that way. Um, but you maybe have never done an individual fast. Um, or you may have been walking in fasting for a few years where you have been um, joining in corporately or, and, and also as the Lord leads you individually. So I just hope out of those kind of ranges that you might kind of choose, okay, where am I at with this one? Um, So my prayer for today is that we can really grow in this, that we can really, this series is all about positioning ourselves for God's best, as Dan introed it seven weeks ago. We do want to position ourselves for God's best, and I believe fasting is included in holy habits, I do really believe that. 
So what is fasting? A bit of teaching today. What is fasting? Christian fasting is the act of intentionally and abstaining from food or a regular enjoyed good gift from God to focus on a period of spiritual growth or deepening our relationship with God. So we are humbly denying the flesh to give attention to God and glorify Him, becoming more in tune with His Spirit and going deeper with Him. So fasting brings death to self. Ouch. It's denying the flesh. And the more of this we experience, the more room the living God has in us to take up residency. And we read in Romans 5, uh, Romans 8, 5, sorry, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So some have described when fasting is combined with praying, it can result in a spiritual atomic bomb that pulls down spiritual strongholds, is a weapon against evil spirits and releases the power of God in our own lives and for the life of the church. So others have described fasting as, with, like with prayer, as two wings of the same bird, prayer and fasting. Pastor Liz taught on prayer two weeks ago and we see in the Bible with power, uh, the power that happens when fasting is joined with prayer. So much power in it. Mark 9, 29 says, He said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Wesley Jewell, um, a 20th century writer, this was his words. He says, You and I have no more right to omit fasting because we feel no special emotional prompting than we have a right to omit prayer, Bible reading, or assembling with God's children for lack of some special emotional prompting. Fasting is just as biblical and normal. Everyone say normal. Ooh, could you say it? (laughs) Could you get the word out of your mouth? Fasting is just as biblical and normal a part of our spiritual walk of obedience with God as are all these others. So let's see what the Bible says about fasting. In Matthew 6, Jesus is teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. Greatest teaching. And he's teaching on the range of subjects and one of them is fasting. And and he says his opening line to the people was when you fast. And if you go back to Matthew through to Matthew 5, he's saying it all about a range of topics. Prayer, giving, and fasting is in there. When you pray, when you give. And they certainly aren't if you pray, if you give, if you fast. It's when you pray, when you give, when you fast. And if you call if we call ourselves disciples of Jesus, then, then we obey his commands in this. My heart for us as a church, my heart for you as an individual is that you will pray, that you will give, and in your walk with Jesus that you will fast. 
So let's look at some fasts in the Bible. Ezra declared a corporate fast and prayed for a safe journey for Israelites. Esther fasted three days and called others to fast as well in the same manner. Moses fasted 40 days before receiving the Ten Commandments. Daniel fasted and abstained from meat and bread and wine for a period of time. Jesus fasted 40 days before his public ministry and being led into the wilderness. The prophetess Anna fasting and praying in the temple. Husbands and wives for a period of time and mutual consent. And we read some other stories. If we go to Luke 5, verse 33, there's a whole bunch of disciples. Now there's John, John the Baptist and his group. There was the Pharisees and his group over here. And then there was Jesus and his groupies. Like if you want to be a groupie, the best one to be is Jesus' groupie, right? And some were scratching their heads. They were all scratching their heads as they were looking to Jesus and his groupies over here, his disciples. And this is what they said. They said to him, John's disciples, that's John the Baptist and his disciples, his group, well, they often fast and pray and, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. They, they fast and pray. But yours, yours, going, yours go on eating and drinking. And this is what Jesus replied. Jesus answered, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, in those days, they will fast. Matthew 6, verse 16, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Who's done that before? Like, come on, we all have, haven't we? You know, oh, you know, we complain. When you fast, do not, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So it's in the Bible. We see it all throughout the Bible. And you might be still thinking that, well, why should I though? Why, why does God want me to have this discipline just like coming to church or reading my Bible or worshipping or praying? There are many reasons why people fast, many. To seek healing, to seek God's direction and guidance, for deliverance of evil spirits or oppression, to seek God's wisdom, renewal, for a new release of spiritual strength, power, preparation, to break strongholds. We might be led into a fast just to restore our first love to God, of our Lord, to humble ourselves, to become more intimate with Christ or out of simple obedience because you have heard the Lord say, fast. Dr. Bill Bright in his book saying why you should fast says results can look like more intimacy with Christ, a transformed life. It will encourage Holy Spirit to quicken the Word of God in your heart and His truth will become more meaningful to you. It can also result in a dynamic personal revival in your own life and make you a channel of revival to others. And when we fast, we're leaving the results of it 
in his capable hands and, and we're just trusting him in his goodness and our lo- in his love towards us. And the Bible does say in Hebrews eleven six that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. That's what we're doing when we're fasting. We're seeking him. We want to be even closer to him. So what practically, what does this habit look like in practice? The most important thing when fasting is to be led by Holy Spirit. You won't be able to do it if it's just you. It, like, like your will, just your will. You, it, you won't be able to do it. You need the grace of God on it. And begin small. If you have never fasted before, it's probably not the wisest jump to enter into a 40-day fast. If you've never fasted before, don't do it. Don't go, unless the Lord really clearly says, but not the wisest thing. It's, it's wise to walk well before we try to run. So my encouragement to you today is start very, very small, tiny steps. But don't remain there. You'll find over the years that the Lord will call you to more and more and you'll begin to grow in this habit. So personally, I didn't start, when, I, when the Lord was calling me to fasting or to begin, fa- I didn't start with food. It was other things that he highlighted to me that he wanted me to get rid of in that fast. And then as I grew with fasting, those things over the time and over the years, he then began to call me to fasting food. And that began with very, very tiny steps. Have I failed in it? Yes, I have. Sometimes it can take me a a good day or two to actually enter into what he's calling me to. You know, my flesh fights back. There's a wrestle going on. You know, those barbecue chips in the cupboard just scream, Tamara, come and eat me. And then I say, kids, get your bowl of chips for your mother and bring it to the couch. And my hand dips in. It's, it's, it's hard to enter into that full fast that he's calling. But I want to encourage you, if that's you, if you've experienced, so you've just pushed it to the side and never tried it again, wake up the next day. It's a new day, new grace, and he will continue to pour out the grace that you need to completely enter in to what he has for you. Guard yourself from spiritual attack. So you will notice in these times, Satan will up the ante with his arrows. He doesn't like it at all. So he'll be firing them at you. See it for what it is. See it for what it is. Recognize what it is, but don't give attention to it and focus back on the Lord. Okay, no condemnation. Get up quick and we're going again with the Lord's help. Yeah. The key point here, that Christian fasting is not like a diet, as, you know, the world describes a fast as. You might have, you know, membership at a gym or you might be around people where, yeah, I'm doing this tomato juice fast. Like, the world uses this word too. Um, It's it's not like that. Uh, We are coming to draw closer and closer to Jesus, His Word, and, uh, and it's good. So He will reward you as you seek Him. This is how Isaiah wrote about true fasting. Is not this kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, 
to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood, then your light, your light will break forth like dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. So beautiful. So beautiful. So that's fasting. I encourage you to put it in your toolkit with the Lord. And you can read so much more about fasting. There's some really cool books on fasting that just share testimony of testimony of what the Lord has done in people's lives because they've been obedient uh, to fast when he's called them to fast. So I just encourage you to uh, learn more about it. We're going to jump now. So that's the... That's the, you know, the hung. We're going to jump over now to feasting. So you might, yeah, yeah, you, you, like, you like this one. Yeah, you like this one. You have 50-50 shot, fasting or f- feasting. Yeah, awesome. All right. <laughs> so you might be thinking, this is me. Yeah, I, I've got this one. I've, I've walked in this one for decades. <laughs> I know how to do it. Uh, I, could, I could get up there, Tam, and I could teach on this. I've done it that well. Um, Maybe not so fast. We, <laughs> when I've been prepping for, for this today, I, I have realised uh, that what we think of as fasting, uh, as feasting, and how God views feasting, uh, you might be surprised today of some, some differences <laughs> we might have. So our, our reality of feasting, which we love, right? Like we love the times that we can feast. Our reality of feasting, can sometimes look like, I don't know what percentage, there is probably no percentage, you you can make up your mind, Um, constant consumption of food and drink. Like in in our country, if we wanted to, we could just consume all day, right? Uh, We've got abundance of food and drink. We can walk down right now and, and grab ourselves a big meal and then an hour later, oh, I'm a bit hungry again, I'll have another thing. We can, we can constantly consume and we feast, we actually feast on a whole bunch of things and we could feast all day long. But when we do this, you know, with so much feasting around us, that's available to us, uh, we maybe have lost the art of a true spiritual feast and the blessings that actually come with a real one. So I want to talk about that today. Um, so what is, I'm going to call it, what is true feasting? What is true feasting? So feasting is the joyful and celebratory response to experience God's presence, faithfulness, kindness, and provision for us together uh, with others. So the heart of feasting is not the food itself, even though it's really good. You go to Karen Lee's house and it's really good. <laughs> um, but the heart of the feasters. So a true feast is bigger than the food, so much bigger. The centre is God and his greatness and grace towards us. And feasting in Christ is not the same as indulgence or constant overconsumption because this is what we read. This is why, because there's positive and there's negative feasting. Proverbs 17, 1, 
epic proverb. It says, better a dry crust with peace and quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. So in other words, there must be more to it because just having an abundance of food and drink does not make for a happy family or community. So there must be more to it. So true feasting is deeply spiritual. So when do we see this in the Bible? There are, there are so many occasions where we can read in the Bible people stopping and uh, gathering and celebrating the goodness of God. And feasts played a, a major role in Israel's culture. Israel's feasts were different uh, from those of any other nation because they were ordained by God and they were times of celebrating with Him. And God wanted to set aside special days for people to come together for rest, refreshment, and remembering with thanksgiving all that He had done. And we read in Leviticus uh, 23 verse 1, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, These are my appointed feasts, the appointed feasts of the Lord, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. Oh, yeah, I just heard it. Oh, wow. Because when I was prepping this week and I got to that and I read that sentence, I just had to stop in my tracks and read that word again of how he described a feast. He described them as sacred assemblies. Yeah. God's feasts were sacred assemblies and he told Moses what each feast would be, all different kinds, some with food, some much simpler, when to celebrate each one, what to do, keeping them sacred for the Lord. And these feasts were during the harvest seasons in the Holy Land and they all having a communal sharing of, of celebrated meal with a focus on remembrance and thankfulness. One of the my most favourite celebration, it might be yours too, in the New Testament, uh, when we think of the word feast and celebrate, I, my mind just went to this story straight away. And I, run a, I want to read it today and I want to read all the story because there might be some of you in this house today or listening online that you've never actually read this story. So we're going to go to Luke 15 and just listen to um, this parable that, yeah, he shared. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to citizens of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and here I am starving to death. I will set out and I'll go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And so he got up. And he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, 
threw his arms around him and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and alive again. He was lost and now he's found. So they began to celebrate. Cool story, and I'm going to come back to that one in just a moment. I want to ask some questions today that I've been asking myself all week and just been sitting with the Lord and just pondering these questions and talking to Him about it. What does your feasting and celebrating look like? Would we describe it as sacred? Do we bring God into our feasting? When beautiful moments happen in, in, in our life, do, do we respond in celebration? Or do we just say, oh, it's just another day? Do I take the time out of my schedule to stop and celebrate in response to them? I've been a part of so many special and sacred celebrations of feasting. And some were very special and, and they've touched my heart and they've had, it'll be memories I keep forever. But there's also been some celebrations in the past where I fell short. And so as I've been pondering this with that description from the Lord as sacred assemblies, um, what does our feasting look like? What does our feasting look like? So why should we celebrate? To remember what God has done, to remember what God has done. All these feasts the Lord set apart was to create a rhythm uh, of reflecting on what God has done in the past and then sharing testimony of his faithfulness and future generations. And we take, we actually take communion in remembrance to him. And we can celebrate these moments to remember these special moments so we don't forget about them. Jesus in his word said, do this in remembrance for me, to me. Take communion. Just last week, I heard someone respond, um, you know, to their, their birthday. It was their birthday uh, last week and, and, uh, and their response. And, it, you know, this might be yours too. Um, oh, it's just another day. I've got housework to do. No thanks. You know, God loves you and he wants to celebrate you. That's his heart for his children. He wants to celebrate you. And, uh, and, I, and as his people, let's get creative of ways that we can celebrate, uh, celebrate him. We can get creative too with the people who don't like the attention. That might be you. Like, sorry, do not like a big crowd around me. Do not like attention. But we can celebrate. Um, my, um, my mum turned 60 and, uh, and she was one of these people, hated attention, didn't want anyone, don't, didn't want to fuss. So instead, our family went up to the mountains up Mullaney for a weekend and we celebrated her. And I knew, well, this is, this is her 60th. It has to just be more than this. Lord, what, what could I do? Because she hates, you know, big crowds and groups around her making a fuss. 
And so all of her friends and family wrote letters uh, to her celebrating her and I put them in a big book and uh, that was her present. And as we went up on her birthday night, she opened up this massive book and it had letters from all her people um, that just loved her celebrating her. And she was weeping, she was a mess. We were celebrating her. And I love that moment because a year and a half later, the Lord, she's with Jesus now. And, and that was her last birthday where she was healthy. Now, I'm, I'm so thankful to the Lord that we did not miss that moment, that we just thought, oh, it's just another birthday. Like, don't have to do anything. That memory I will cherish forever. So we can get creative with the people that might not like attention because I, 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 they're all around us. So we can, yeah, get creative. Any, any reason, another reason we can celebrate is in response to what God is doing. Back to that story in the Bible, how, you know, that was a sacred moment between the son and the father. And in response to that moment, he celebrates with a feast. He stops. He's like, get me the best robe, get me the sandals, get me the piece of meat. Come on, we're celebrating now. We're putting on a feast. Like how much grace and mercy and love of the Father would have that son felt? So important. So practically, what does this look like when we're feasting? 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 says, So, it's a good word, So, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Such a beautiful verse. And when we take time to gather with people and celebrate in remembrance or in response, it's an opportunity to give God glory. And we can bring God into the setting by sharing His name, saying a prayer, being His witness. It's so powerful. And we can change our mindset to see it as a, a spiritual act, a sacred assembly. Our hearts are in a posture of giving thanks back to our Father. Our feasting is honouring our bodies. Our feasting is honouring our bodies, our loved ones and our God. And our gatherings, they can be filled with joy. You know, some people believe this lie that Christians aren't no fun. Like, oh, I go to a Christian party, that might not be fun. Come on. We, can be, we should be the funnest people ever. We've got the Lord, His pure joy. And I tell you what, 30 years of partying in the world, and you might agree, and 30, thir oh, you know, not 30 years, I'm not 60, um, however long, 14 years of partying with Jesus does not compare, does not compare. Pure joy. We've got pure joy inside of us. We should be the life of the party when we rock up. So good. Another way is use the resources God has given you. Yes, of course, we would all love to celebrate with the finest meat and the best wine um, and the best food. But in ra reality, um, you might not have these things at your fingertips. Um, so celebrate with what you have and, and keep it simple. And with God's wisdom, use the resources He's given you to celebrate, to feast. And lastly, we can get excited. 
we can get excited because the best feast to come is when Jesus returns. The best feast. And one of the beautiful ways God describes the destiny of those who will accept His salvation, His invitation, is with a final feast, with Him in the age to come. And Isaiah, these words he penned, he prophesied, on this mountain the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich foods for all people, you included. It's for you too. A banquet of aged wine, the best meats, sorry vegetarians, but the best meats <laughs> and the finest of wines. And to His disciples at the Last Supper, just before He gave His life for our sins, Jesus said His words, I assign to you as my Father assigned to me a kingdom that you may eat and drink at my table, His table in my kingdom. And then the angel crying out in the book of Revelation, blessed are those who are invited. You're invited. Today, we wanna extend the invitation to you. You are invited to His table. He loves you. He, wants, he doesn't want anyone to miss out. That's the heart of the Father. He's saying, come, come to the table. This is those words, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. The ultimate feast is yet to come. And so while we wait excitedly, expectantly for that day, we're going to take communion today. And today we're going to, as a celebratory response, in celebration, because we have got a lot to be thankful for. We've got a lot to be thankful for. We've got a lot to celebrate. And so today we're going to come in this final song and we're going to celebrate. And we're going to celebrate the power of what, Jesus did on the cross, the power over sickness, over death, over all things like what Greg was talking about this morning. So much to be thankful for. So I invite you all to the table today. And at Hope Community, we say, if you, are, if you believe in your heart, if you believe Jesus lived, died and was resurrected again, you come. No matter your age, no matter your background, you are invited to His table today. You come and take the bread, take the cup, and then you go back to your seat and you enjoy worshipping. Celebrate something today. You are alive today. That's something to be celebrated. Celebrate something today. And in your own time, when He leads you, take that cup, take that bread and drink it and eat it. And, and just say, thank you, Lord. I celebrate you today. Yeah, so let's stand as the band leads us in this awesome song. And let's give thanks. Father God, we thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. And Father God, we thank you, Jesus, that we're coming today. We're feasting today, Lord, in celebration of what you did on the cross. We thank You, Lord, that You are over anxiety. We thank You, Jesus, that You are over all things, Father. We have got so, so much to be thankful for. Lord, I pray that You'll highlight to people things that they can be thankful for as they come and they commune with You, Jesus. I pray 
Father, for anyone here that may have never taken communion before, Lord, I pray that this is their day. This is their day to draw closer to You and say, Lord, I follow You. I thank You for dying on the cross for me. I repent of my sins. I say sorry for my pride, my forgiveness. I say sorry for my things and I say yes to You. And in response to that, I take the bread and the cup and I will celebrate Your goodness to me. Father, come Holy Spirit. We thank You, Lord, that You're a God of abundance. Father, we come and we celebrate today in Your precious Name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.